Welcome to Momentum Church. All right, well, good morning again, guys. Um, This is our final week in our series called The Cross Before Me. And um, I'm seeing some of the Cross Before Me t-shirts. That's awesome. Many of you guys ordered those pre-ordered, prepaid, etc. There's a few that are still out there that you can buy. I don't know how much they are, but that's pretty neat. I like those shirts. And um, but this is the last week. And as a pastor, a lot of times when you're doing a series, I don't know if I've ever done a series this long. If you've been with this longer than five years, have I ever done a series eight weeks long? I don't think so, you know? And so it's been a rich experience as we've looked at the seven I am's of Jesus. And um, today is that final day as we look at I am the vine. Amen? And so this is the final day. So as a pastor, um, preaching a long series like this, I feel like my baby's leaving the house. It's, it's weird like that. You get kind of attached. How many's been kind of attached to this series a little bit? Just, you know, it's been a beautiful time of people getting into the Word. It's been a beautiful time of people just being able to do a few different experiential type things throughout the week. Like today, this week, we passed out cards because Jesus is the I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we were pointing people to Jesus and inviting them to church this last week. And, and if you're a guest with us, man, every week of the series, we experience a different thing from fasting to prayer to solitude to just all sorts of neat times in the things of the Lord. And so today we're going to open our Bibles to John chapter 15. And I thought it was pretty neat that today in our daily readings over the last, how long it's lasted, today is actually John 15. That's the day that we read this scripture. And that's the day we're going to read this. And your pastor did not make that happen. I'm not that smart. (laughs) It's just how it fell on the day. And so let's stand to our feet. We're going to look at the word of God here today. I told you guys back in September that 2020 would be a year of discipleship and development. And so if you can tell already, there's been a shift a little bit in my preaching, a shift in my challenge. You know, I'm just trying to call us as a body of believers to go a little deeper, go a little higher. Amen. Amen. Get a little wider. Amen. Amen. Somebody's like, I'm wide enough. No. We, we really want us to be able to go deep in the things of God this year. And so Duncan Campbell, I told you this quote on the first day of this series. He said, the kingdom of God will not be advanced by our churches becoming filled with men. All right? We have a lot of churches filled with people. Amen? This is a good first service here. We'll have a good second service, you know? There's a lot of good churches filled with a lot of good people. I get that. But the kingdom of God... Amen. Churches becoming filled with men, but by men becoming filled with God. Amen. And I want to be that kind of a place. How many wants to be that kind of a place? And I really do think in my heart, there are people that will say, well, if you press into the things of God like that, you'll scare other people away. You'll keep unchurched people from coming. You'll keep those that are looking for something. You know what? They're not looking at the club anymore. They are tired of the club. They're wanting something real. And so people are coming here, unchurched people, and people who are de-churched, people who are going, I've had enough. I get it. Guess what? You're pastor. I've had enough too. Amen. I just want Jesus. Shout that. Say, I just want Jesus. Man, I want to walk after him. Amen. It's like I said last Sunday, would the real church please stand up? And you're like, pastor, I've been standing for two minutes. (laughs) Yes, you have. Let's read the scripture. Amen. We can't be filled if we aren't connected to God as our source. And that's what it means when he says, I am the vine. It's all about us connecting to him as our source and being filled with the life that is of him, not of some pastor. I I created a word this week, pastor de celeb. I like that. 
No, not the pastor day celeb of choice, whatever. No, 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 no. But Jesus. I know, I need to read. Okay. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch, and he withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let me ask you a question as we roll into this today. Are you living for the fruit or the fire? Are you living for the fruit or the fire? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, would just... A touch of your presence show up in this house, God. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I've been preaching a long time. I've been saved even longer. But I'm not beyond your convicting power. Convict me in this house today, I pray, Jesus. Lord God, every one of us in this place, draw us closer to the source, closer to you. And everything, Lord God, that wouldn't be um, lining up and connecting to the source, to the vine. You can have your seats. Just cut those things away from our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats. Let me define a few things in here. Obviously, the vine is Jesus. He is the source of our lives. He's the vine. We see here the Father. And what's beautiful about the Father, he is the vine dresser. Amen? And, and we have farmers here, or people that love gardening. Anthony's a good friend of mine and has a beautiful garden. How many people like to garden here? Anybody have other gardens? I kill everything. All right? Yeah. My wife does too. When I left to go interning at this church in Pennsylvania years ago, I gave her a plant. This is the symbol of our love. If you nurture this plant, it will grow. Like if you send me letters. This is before cell phones. If you send me letters, our love will grow, you know? And it'll be a, a thing that just represents our love while I'm gone. Died in like a month. It did. It did. We are not green thumbs. We are not. We are not. But he's the father and he's the vine dresser. And there's an intimacy about the vine dresser. Hands upon the vine and working the vine and working the arbor. And, and there's just a tenderness that happens with the vine dresser. Amen? And that's our father. The believer is the branches. And the branches are connected to the vine. And when we are connected to the source, guess what? We are fruitful. All right? When we're not connected to the source, a lot of things in our life end up in the fire. Are you ready for the fruit or are you ready for the fire? And what I've come to do today is to preach to some people that aren't satisfied any longer having an appearance of godliness but denying God's power. I've come in this house to preach to a people that's saying, yes, I will be connected to the vine. And I will continue to have a relationship with God in such a way that I'm marked by fruit in my life. Not fruit that I just kind of manu manufacture, but Lord God, the source of who he is and who he is pouring from me is evident. How many want that? Yeah, give God some praise. Amen. The problem is, so often I think that we are satisfied being wax fruit taped to fake trees. I just want to say that's not going to be Momentum Church, church. That's not going to be this house. Amen. Don't you want something real? 
Don't you want something that's vibrant? And guess what? We can't manufacture vibrancy. We can't manufacture fruit. Fruit's just a byproduct. That's all it is of being connected to the vine, being connected to the source. Now, there's some things that can come in and can cause us to, to lose our fruitfulness, okay? What God, that's what God's calling us in our lives. But, man, it's a byproduct of connecting, and that's the house. That's what God's calling us to. And so what I want to do, I want to take this passage of Scripture, and I want to work backwards in it. So go down to about verse 8. Okay, that's where we ended. Let's start there, and we're just going to work our way back. Is that cool? All right, so the purpose of a branch is what? It's to bear fruit. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And the thing with the fruit that we bear, the Scripture defines the fruit that we bear. Amen? I don't have to think about what is that fruit. The Scripture defines it. And when it defines it, it speaks in strict, like stark abdication of my life. Because it says things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and this morning i was tested on that i'm telling you I, my plane landed early i'm like oh this is good i'm gonna have me about an hour and a half at the, before the church starts this is awesome and i get to the window and i'm paying my ticket that i already paid for to get the gate to come open and the lady's like it's not working the ticket's not working i'm like i got a paid receipt it's fine here's the receipt just lift the gate i can't do that you can <laughs> you just you just you mash the button you just, just push the button. I'm sorry, sir. I can't do. I can't do that. You know. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, Jesus, help me. And um, and I had an opportunity to allow the fruit to rise up in me. Amen. And in the moment, I'm thinking, you know what? She's probably a C in the disc profile. She's just cautious. And I'm, I'm, literally, I'm talking myself down off the ledge using the disc profile. She's a C. She's cautious. She's got to talk to her manager. I get it. And guess what? After 15 minutes, the manager says, just mash the button. <laughs> and you know what pastor said? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And not with a bit of sarcasm. Not at all, you know. I pull away, and then I start going, ooh, I wish I could have just spoke my mind. But I didn't because I had to come preach to you people. But how many times the fruit at times? But you know what? I'm telling you this series. I don't know if I would have done that with that woman about eight weeks ago. I'm embarrassed to say that, Barbara. I am. I'm, be, I'm just being honest. I don't know if to the source and not act. But Jesus has been doing something in my heart through this series. Amen? You can't draw close to the source and not act like the source. You can't start to draw close to who he is and him not be represented in and through you, you know? And so quickly in that conversation, I was like, yeah, no, no problem. I'm going up to preach in Woodstock. I thought, if I put that out there, it'll hold me accountable. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> you know? How many, how many of us at times, we are con covertly connected to the vine? And we wonder why we struggle with accountability sometimes, right? Right? There's nothing wrong. You know, accountability sounds like a word that is like, like um, I'm, I'm just checking up on you. Do you know all accountability is? is ownership. That's all it is. It's just choosing to say, I will walk in ownership of this situation. Amen? And so this morning I thought, hey, I'm going to be accountable. And I just spoke about the church because I wanted to be accountable because I could feel that nature in me not being like Jesus. And so I took ownership of that moment, and I just grabbed a hold of it. And I will stay tapped up into the source, and I will model kindness in this moment. And I will, like, want to choke her out, but I won't. <laughs> I will leave. I will pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll do whatever it takes, Jesus to get to the church and have a good time with the people I love the most. Amen? 
So, we know the definition. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That, that's the fruit, the nine fruit of the Spirit. And this fruit comes from being connected to the vine. It comes from being connected to the source. John 15, 4 through 5, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. And that's where the rub is. So often we try to produce things in our lives through behavioral modification. If I can just grunt enough and be a good boy, if I can just grunt enough and be a good girl, be a good mom, if I can just, no, the, the focus is on connecting to the vine. And the outcome of that connection is the fruit. Amen? We, don't, we do it backwards. We do it backwards. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to change this, change that. You know? And we wonder what in the world. It's hard to do it backwards. But when you tap into the source, man, he starts to manifest who he is through your life, through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Shout much fruit. fruit. Shout it again, much fruit. fruit. Yeah, for apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing, but much fruit is the the outcome of us tapping into the vine. That's not just fruit, but much fruit. Much fruit. And I'm experiencing that during the series. I'm telling you, I'm hearing people having dreams. How many had some dreams during the series? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing people having stories and prophetic words coming to them. All sorts of things, you know. Why? Because we're tapped. Example, the fruit doesn't. And in doing so, much fruit is coming. And I'll give you an example. The fruit doesn't think of itself when it's growing, does it? It's just there hanging out, just chilling on the vine, just chilling on the branch, just connected. That, and next thing you know, the fruit starts to, to manifest. It's not, it's, it, it's, it's a, and that's how I believe it should be in the Christian walk. You're just so connected to the source that things good just happen. Have you ever met a believer that you're just kind of like, what in the world? Why does things always happen to you? Like the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like you always have a story to tell. There's always something God is doing. There always is some sort of outcropping of God's manifest grace in your life. Why is that? Because they're tapped into the source. Again, I don't know if I could say that, say that 8, 10, 12 weeks ago. I don't know. But I can say it now. And I'm seeing these little fruitfulness things, these little outcroppings, these byproducts of connecting that's blowing my mind. I was not planning on going to an event. I went, I went to an event for a couple days, Friday and Saturday. Wasn't planning on going to it. And I had some friends that were going, and I decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go, you know. And so I bought my ticket and made my plans to go. And, um, and then there was a missionary that a friend had been trying to get me to connect with for about a month and a half, okay. And I kept putting off the connection for no reason, just hadn't connected with him yet. And a couple days before, um, middle of this week, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and talk to this man. So I, I set up an appointment for a phone conversation on Wednesday with James Turner, is his name. It's Bridge the Gap Ministry. And I set up a phone conversation with him. And, I give, and, and on Wednesday morning, I was like, you know what, I don't have time to talk to this guy. Just being honest, you know, I, like, I, I want to have my sermon finished before I leave town. You know, I just, I don't really have time. I'm going to put it off to Monday. This is what I was thinking, right? And here's where that byproduct happens. Within just seconds, it was like, no, I need to call him. Didn't know it was something supernatural. 
Didn't know it was an outcropping of being connected to the source. I just said, I need to call him. I need to call him. So I called him, and we talked for about five minutes. And I knew he was from Cincinnati, and I knew he had moved, because I'm an Ohio boy too. And I knew he had moved. I thought he had moved to Des Moines, Iowa. I don't know why I thought that, but I thought he had moved to Des Moines. So we're talking about five minutes, and I said something about Des Moines. And he goes, I'm not in Des Moines. I'm in Phoenix. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold up, wait a minute. Put some love in it. What in the world? Are you kidding me? He said, yeah, I'm in Phoenix. I said, I'll be in Phoenix tomorrow. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I fly out Friday. I'm going to preach in Alabama to a church. Not Alabama, New Mexico to a church. And uh, people in Alabama need Jesus. But I'm going to New Mexico. (laughs) Full time. (laughs) No. So, oh. I'm sorry. Roll tie. <laughs> Roll tie. So, so he's leaving Friday, and um, he goes, well, what do you got going on tomorrow night? I'm like, nothing. The, the way the ticket worked, it just got me in at 2 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. My thing doesn't start till 9 in the morning the next day. I'm just going to go back to the Airbnb and just write and work on some project stuff for the church. And he goes, well, how about I pick you up at the airport? I'm like, how about you do that? And we get talking about, he goes, I'm going to take you to go see our new pregnant homeless mother's home. I'm like, oh, I think that's a great idea. That's a great ministry. <laughs> okay. So I started getting touched in my heart in the moment. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to be there, man. I want to go see this. And I'm, I'm trying to hold back my excitement because literally I've been praying lately, Lord, show us something domestic. Show us something in our country, you know, stateside, that we can begin to partner with in some great ministry. We can send some missions teams to at times and, and kind of a ministry that we can grow with that is kind of starting out too in their, their endeavor. Now, when I say starting out, his ministry in Cincinnati was insane. Thousands and thousands of people a week helped. I mean, for years, a decade, for years, amazing ministry. But they felt led to give all that up and go to Phoenix. Why? Because they're tapped to the source and God said it's time to go, you know? So he said, well, we also have an outreach at 5 o'clock. If you want, I can take you back to your Airbnb. And I'm like, I don't want you to do that. Can we, let's do it. Let's do it. I said, the only stipulation is you can't treat me like you're hosting me. If you'll treat me like a worker, I'll come. I said, you tell me to stack marbles, I'll stack marbles. I don't care what it is. And so we went over to the place and we got everything out. And we're, we're making bags and stuff to go feed the homeless. And we ended up rescuing a prostitute, which was amazing. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got her taken to the house. Not, not that house, but to another house that, that takes care of the prostitutes and helps bring them out of that lifestyle. And so we helped her. We took her there. Um, we got to feed over 100 homeless, which was a lot of fun that night. And, um, and just little amazing things all that evening. Um, I'll tell you one I thought was the neatest thing. This boy that um, you, you could tell he was probably fairly gender fluid, you know. But just a precious kid, precious heart, you know. I'm not going to say his name, but a very unusual name, you know. And um, I think maybe a fantasy name, just to be honest. I think he probably had coined a name. It was very elfin. You know what I mean? Like elfin culture. Am I saying that right? People that are into that? Was it? Thank you. Now we know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I just don't know that stuff. But, but with that, um, I start to pray for him. And when I finish praying, because he's moving to New Orleans... And I just pray a simple prayer with him on his move. And he's worried about getting his ID when he gets there. And he knows he's going to be homeless for a season when he gets there. And we're just praying along those lines. I stopped praying the world. I'm like, and he goes, Pastor. And he, I'm like, what? He goes, I want to travel the world. I want to see the world. I'm like, do you? He goes, yeah. Can you pray specifically that God will let me see the world? 
And I'm like, yeah, let's pray that. Back in my mind, I'm thinking, how in the world is this homeless kid ever going to see the world? And I just grab his hands, and I pray for him again. And Jesus, just allow him to see the world, and whatever, however you're going to do this, and blah, 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 blah. In Jesus' name, amen, right? And he hugs me, and I hug him, and we're standing there for a second. And I look down, guys, and there's a book sitting in the dirt. We're in Phoenix. There's dirt everywhere. <laughs> Beautiful dirt, but there's dirt. And it's sitting there in the dirt. Now, mind you, you've got to understand this environment. Tents everywhere. Like, I think they have 2,500 people that live in tents. And the city allows them. They live in tents. I mean, it's like tent, 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 tent. I took some pictures, but they were bags. I didn't want to be the guy standing out there taking pictures, so I'm taking them through the, the van window. And so I didn't have pictures to show you. And the, and the women's home, I, I, you know, I just, you're not allowed to take a picture of it because these are, most of those women get beat when they're pregnant. They're, they're, their men beat them, and so they, don't, they keep it very private. But there in the dirt is a book. And I go, is that your book? You know? And he was like, no. And I said, is that your book to the guy? Who's being, no. I said, huh. I go, what is it? And the boy leans down and picks it up. And it's a book from Moscow, all about Russia and Moscow. And as you begin to flip through it, it's picture after picture after picture after picture of Russia and Moscow. And, and his eyes are this big. And I just felt like in the moment, I got, I'm chill, I got chills right now thinking about it. I'm like, do you realize this is a little hint from God? And I'm, brother, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you'll ever get to go all around the world, but we just pray, God, let you, let his name, let Bob, let Bob see the world. Bob, this is, the, this, is a, this is an amazing book. Is that cool? Dude, you can't make stuff like that happen, but it happens when you're connected to the source. Ooh, I want to be fruitful, amen? I want to be connected to the source. So James and I, that's the, um, the, the missionary, we spent all that evening and come to find out James' son, they're doing all this outreach ministry, and his son got murdered, shot to death, you know, about five years ago. So we're talking about pain, and, and um, man, you could just tell that people, a lot of times people in those environments, they don't have a chance to speak their pain, you know. And um, James' head's in my shoulder. I'm praying for him. We're crying together, and his wife, Leith, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience that night, Amen. Here's what's crazy. So the conference starts that I'm at, and quickly we get, no, no, that night. That night we're bagging stuff up to take to the people that are impoverished, and, and I get a call. And the couple that was supposed to come and hang out with me at this, the only reason why I got the ticket was to go hang out with this couple. That's it. They're playing, but, but yeah. say the name of the airline, but it's not body, mind. It's body, mind, and, but, but yeah. I, I'm not, I, I just saying. And they had like a 12-hour delay. How do you have a 12-hour delay? Right? So this means that they lose the whole first day of the conference. They're not going to get in till late. I mean, it was just like, so they just decided they weren't going to come, which was fine, you know? Because I realized in that moment, I didn't come here for a conference. I came here for James and Letha Turner. Amen? I came here to connect with Bridge the Gap Ministries. I came to get a partner for our ministry to do great things in Phoenix. And who knew? But God did. Amen? And I, it, just, it just blows my mind. And that's not something you can make up. It's just the Lord just does that, you know, how that works. And, whew. and so his fruitfulness in spite of his pain and his wife's fruitfulness in spite of his pain. We talked about it. He's like, I, I, I could have got mad at God. I could have ran from God. But where would I run to? Where would I go? And he ran deeper in the things of the Lord and into ministry. And then the Lord shook up Cincinnati for him. And he went to Phoenix. Left everything that he had built and went to Phoenix to start over to do the same thing in that city. Left ministry leaders 
in Cincinnati, and now he's in Phoenix. And just an amazing, amazing thing. And so by the end of the weekend, I told him, I said, what's it cost to support a woman coming off the streets? And he said, when they get a pregnant woman off the streets, it's $2,500 for the year. That's going to cost to feed them and all this stuff. It takes $75,000 to run one of their homes. And they only have one now in, in, in Phoenix that, that's growing. But they have one home for, for the women. And, um, but it's about $2,500 a year to be able to, to take that woman. She can have her baby where it's safe. They can nurture her, get her job training, etc. Isn't that neat? And so before that weekend was over, he sends me a picture. And they just rescued another lady. And I can't show the picture. I can't say her name. I'll say her name is, 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 is Mary. And they rescued Mary. And he sent the picture. And I just told him, I was like, James, Mary's our girl. <laughs> we came here to support Mary. Amen? And so what I'm going to challenge you guys to do today is part of your giving above your tithe, just the push pay that you have on your phone, mymomentumchurch.tv, we have a missions category. Can we rescue Mary today? Amen? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. This ministry that James has, it's about $15,000 a month he has to, by faith, believe is going to come in to support all the things they're doing in the city, which is amazing, you know? And so um, I don't want him burdened with that $2,500, you know, to, for, for this year. I, I think we can, can handle that. And so I told him we would. And, and who knows? Maybe someday the Lord will allow us to buy a house and, or, or to at least, here's seventy five grand for you to be able to fund the house for the year. Wouldn't that be neat? So, um, and, and someday, you know, when they have the infrastructure, they're looking to buy a, a home right where we were, not a home, a business, right where we were doing all this outreach, right in the, the thick of it, there's a neat old building. It's like $400,000. You know, really, it's just the land. The land beside it's four hundred, dollars and this building's four hundred. dollars So it's just really the land. The building doesn't cost anything, but they're wanting to get that property to be able to be right where the environment is to take care of all these people. And so who knows what God's going to do, but it was just one of those things where I saw that faithfulness, all right? And so though... I didn't know what was happening. Being tapped into the source, the source flows through. The vine it flows through, flows into the branches, and then you see fruitfulness. And the fruitfulness is going to be that we're going to help this woman, and we're going to save her and her baby. Amen? That baby's not going to be aborted, and that woman's not going to have that baby on the street. Amen? And so praise the Lord for that. So the thing with it is, though, if Jesus is our source, don't we at times try to find source in other things as well? My friend James said when all that stuff went down with his son, it challenged them. It challenged him. He said it challenged his faith, you know, but he went to the source. But every one of us in this room, we try to use other things as our source. Our marriage, can I tell you right now, your spouse isn't your source. You got to stop doing that. I can't make Amy my source. I can't. And she, she has so much supply. She's so wonderful. But I can't make her everything. Amen? You cannot make your spouse your source. You can't make your money your source. When I said about the $2,500, it's like, ooh, you know, I, I probably feel like I need to give something today, 100, 200, whatever it might be, 50, 5, whatever. But, ooh, I need that. No, no, don't make money your source. You know, money will burn in the fire. Yeah, it will. Man, let's be fruitful. What does that look like? Your, your ministry. James had made his ministry his source in Cincinnati. All those connections that sewed into his work there, football players and all sorts of people there in Cincinnati that sewed into his work, started over in Phoenix, you know? And now he's seen that same kind of favor in Phoenix, too. But you can't make ministry your source. How about this? You can't make your ego your source. Can I tell you what pastor did? I made my reputation my source. What do you mean, Ross? Man, for about a year, year and a half, I leaned back. And I just rested in the fact that I had done ministry for so long. Amen? 
could, could figure out a sermon without much work, just being honest, you know. I mean, I worked, but, but and then in the last year and a half, the Lord just, just brought something to my heart where it's like, whew, I can't rest on my reputation. Amen? I want to be vibrant. I want something fresh and new. Mm. So your reputation can't be your source. Your ego can't be your source. There's another thing that we see in this passage of Scripture, and it's the fruitfulness and the work of the vine dresser. It's not you that makes fruitfulness. You just connect to the source. It's God, the vine dresser, that brings out the fruitfulness. So let's work up our way through the Scripture. Let's go to 15, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So number one, the vine dresser, as he works, he throws things away. And that may make a few of us a little bit afraid. Is he speaking of hell? Yeah, some theologians would say, this is he speaking of hell here. You know, and you may say, but Pastor Ross, I don't like the idea of hell. Okay, don't go there. <laughs> right? I, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. I mean, Jesus paid a price, so we don't have to worry about that. Amen? How many's excited and happy about that price paid? Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Shout, don't go there. Yeah, yeah. So is this speaking, though, of people that are going to, because they don't have fruit in their life, they're going to go to hell? Is it saying that believers that aren't fruitful anymore, they're going to go to hell? I don't think that's what this is saying. And I'll explain why here in a second. Because there's another portion of this scripture that I believe speaks to the unfruitful believer. I believe this here is the one that's not abiding in me. You see, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away. It's that one that is apart from Christ. It's not the one that's just lacking fruit. It's the one that's apart from Christ. Amen? It's, it's, it, and now, it could be the wax fruit that's taped to the fake trees. It could be. What I mean by that is I do believe there are people in church today that look like believers, but they are not. And we need to ask ourselves that, okay? Hang with me here as we walk through these, okay? So we do. I mean, if, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather and they're cast into the fire. So which one of the following responses best describe your reaction here? All right, when I say that, are you like, I'm in trouble? You know, I, I don't know if I'm abiding, so I'm in danger of being cast into the fire. You have that sense right now. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in trouble. Can I tell you what that is? That's the response of a lukewarm. Right? If you're if you're sitting there, I'm in trouble. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe maybe hell is where I'm going. You know, I I I, I thought I was following after the Lord. I just don't know. That, to me, that's the response of the uncertain or the lukewarm. Now, uncertainty means that you're just ignorant of something. Jesus paid a price for you. We don't have to be ignorant. We we can know. We have knowledge. He paid the price. He covered us in our sins. Covered our sins. We don't have to be uncertain. Okay. But sometimes that response comes out of a lukewarmness. We look at our lives and we go, I know I'm not connected. I don't even know if I'm bound for heaven. I don't know where I'm at. But guess what? We don't have to change. We don't have to stay lukewarm. And I wouldn't say fake it till you make it. No, get to the source. Go to the source. Amen? Maybe others in the room would say this. These words aren't for me because I know I'm perfect. No. Usually we'd say, no, because I know I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm better than 50% of the people in this place. I mean, I know I'm doing my stuff, but I'm not doing what they're doing. You know what that is? That's the response of the self-righteous. Right? That's not for, we, we don't want that, do we? 
We don't want the response of the lukewarm. If, if we are lukewarm, man, we know go to the source. If we're self-righteous, man, the Lord will begin to deal with that in us. Number three, this is the third response when you see the idea of these branches being cast into the fire. I've got nothing to fear because I know I'm not perfect, but he is my source. He's forgiven me. He has saved me. Amen. That's the response of the one that is abiding in God's presence. That's the response of the one that understands his grace and is pursuing holiness, but not self-righteousness. There is a difference. Amen. We, you know, we're called to pursue holiness, not to excuse sins in our life, to be broken by them and to say, Lord, I submit them to you and I lean into my source as much as I can, Lord, so that your life-giving power can flow through me and give me self-control. Amen. Amen? That's, that's how that's supposed to look. And so it's, it's, it's the idea that I know I'm saved. I know I'm messed up. I know I'm saved. And I know I'm leaning into him for him to change my life, to look more like him every single day. Can I say this to the self-righteous and those of you who think you're good enough for Jesus or good enough for God? I've got some news that will free you, okay? You are wretched. You are poor. You are blind. And you are naked. Be free. No, really, that's not such good news, is it? Here's what the good news of the gospel is. Jesus loves the one that is wretched. Jesus loves the one that's naked, undone in their own ways. Jesus loves that one that's bound, that one that's poor in spirit. He loves that one, amen? And so if you're here today and you're like, yeah, that's me, that's what grace is all about. This is a grace place. This is a place where you can find him, amen? And so we don't walk in self-righteousness, but we also don't walk in self-loathing either. No, we find ourselves connected to the source. John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in the vine. So that's the first part. The vine dresser, he, in his way of working with the vine, he throws things away. All right? And for some of us in the room here, there will be some that will be cast into fire, okay? And, and, and let's not even talk about hell. Let's just say now there's some things in our life that, that will be burnt, that need to be burnt away, all right? Second thing that the vine dresser does, he prunes. He prunes. Shout, he prunes. John 15, 2, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. And I love that. I, I think that's the coolest thing. I brought some pruning shears. Let me grab them over here. These, these are awesome. And these are dirty because these are used. My buddy, Anthony, he, he's a, he uses these things. If I had one of these, it'd be perfectly clean. That is a serious piece of business. Amen? You want to test it? Here's the thing about this. He prunes. Now, he doesn't prune the ones that he hates. He doesn't prune the ones. No, it says that he literally, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Don't prune me, Jesus. Don't prune me, Jesus. How many in that place right now? Like you feel like he's cutting things away of your life. And there's times where we'll, we'll look at the vine dresser and like, what are you doing, God? Why are you making me lose this job? Why is the finances, why, is, why am I struggling with my money? Why am I struggling with my honey? Why am I struggling? You know, what it is, what is it? And when you're bearing fruit, he'll come and he'll prune that it bears more fruit. Is that neat? So when the hand of the Father is dealing and cutting things away, don't get bitter. Don't run from the vine dresser. He's just getting you ready to tap into that source even deeper to have more fruit come forth from you. Amen? Man, your pastor, I'm telling you, that was the biggest thing for a decade that I had to go through. 
He pruned and he pruned. And most of you have been here while I went through my pruning process. He pruned and he pruned and he pruned. And guess what? Fruit's coming, baby. We're seeing the fruit all the time now. But it was, man, years and years of him pruning. Why? Because he knew there was fruit ready to be born. Amen? He just had to cut some stuff away. And in your life, I don't know what it might be that he needs to cut away. Just recently, a friend of mine who was a widow... You know, her husband had died in good relationship, and, and another fellow came in a year or two later and began to just swoon, you know, her heart. Oh, and she began to, to pine after him, and, and, um, and he wasn't really a believer that like, like she was. And, and next thing you know, well, if you love me, you'll let me live at your house, you know. And so they begin to live like they're married for a couple years. Time and time again, the fruitfulness of his life would rear up and be shown but they're living like they're married. So how do you get a divorce when you're already living like you're married? You know? And so basically, the Lord begins to prune, but she's loving, and he's cutting that man out of her life, and it's just killing her. But she's loving it now. She's seeing Jesus in every little thing, and she's understanding what God is doing. But at first, when this started to happen a while back, why, God, can't I have somebody? Why? Why? Well, God's just pruning that away. You wait to the man that he gets ready to give her. Amen? If that's what he has for you, you just wait. I mean, he, man, he's going to be like, like Billy Graham and Billy, Billy, Billy. I don't know. I was trying to think of somebody named Billy that's handsome. Billy D. Williams. That'll work. Not Billy Bob. No. No, that'll work. But I just, I'm, and I love my friend, but I can just see the cutting away. Why? Because he wants to bring greater fruit into her life. The third thing, and this is where a lot of us are. The third thing the vine dresser does is he takes away. He takes away. Well, pastor, that sounds a lot like the first thing we saw, that he throws away, but it's not. In the book of John, there's multiple times where this word that is used here for takes away, let me just read it. It says here, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. This word he takes away, this phrase is used multiple, multiple times in the book of John. And two-thirds of the time, it means that it's kind of cut away and taken away. One-third of, of the times, it means that it's being lifted up. And I think that's the picture. Because we've already seen a picture where he's taking away and burning, right? We've already seen something being thrown away. I believe that's the one that's not the believer. I think the way the Lord handles the believer that's unfruitful is he lifts up. This is a tomato cage. Y'all know what a tomato cage is, right? And so a tomato, if those maters, if they get down in the dirt, they're going to rot, aren't they? They're going to spoil. Bugs are going to get... They're not going to have the sunlight. If a bunch of them are piled together, and you're going to have rot. But what that, that will, man will do is he'll work that vine. He'll work those pieces into this, and it'll start to grow. And that farmer will come out, and he'll throw them up in here, and he'll, he'll lift those things up. Amen? And you may be in that situation right now where he's coming in your life, and he's lifting. And, and if not, Lord, I'm going to get close to the source because I need you to lift some things up in my life. I'm spoiling down here. The bugs are eating me, you know. I need a little bit more approach of the sun. I need the sun to shine upon me. And so I believe that that's what this is saying to believers. Yes, there is fire. But I think to the believer, this is saying that he's the true vine. And then he wants to take away or he wants to lift up every branch that, that bears fruit and begin to prune and begin to work it so that it can become even more fruitful. Does that make sense? Amen? Mm-hmm. So the reason why I believe that is because the next verse says, already you are clean because of the word. 
You see that? Already you're clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Already. Your position with me isn't one of salvation or not. It's that you're fruitful or you're not fruitful. And if you're not fruitful, eventually you'll become spoiled. Eventually you'll become bug-eaten, you know. And so I want to lift you up so that you can become fruitful. But many of us, man, don't lift me up, Jesus. I just stay down here in the dirt. Don't, don't lift me up, Jesus. I'll just keep playing with the bugs. Don't lift me up, Jesus. I'll just, no, no, let the vine dresser have his way, amen? And I don't know what that might look like. I don't know what environments he might be lifting you up out of, but let him have his way. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So as I said earlier, as we close, good fruit is a byproduct of being connected to the vine. Amen? And we need to be connected to that source. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. We need to be connected to that source. This whole series has been about that. So let me ask you a few things here. Do you need to be lifted up today? Maybe that's where you're at. Pastor, that part of that, that story, that's where I'm at. I need that gentle care of Jesus to lift me up, to take care of me right now, to bring me closer to the sunlight, closer to the things of the Spirit. You know, maybe that's you. Maybe for somebody else in this room, you know, you, you've been looking to other things as your source. It's time to look to the vine as your source. Maybe for some of you, you haven't made a decision yet to abide in Him. And when I was speaking of that idea of being taken away and thrown into the fire, being thrown away, man, it just kind of put fear to you a little bit. Lord, I, I, I want to know I have a future here and into eternity with you. And so who abides in him? What 1 John 4, 15 says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And so as we close this series, I want to be sure if you're here today, and you need a relationship with Jesus, man, we want you to come to him, amen? And I'm not going to embarrass you, just, just close your eyes, everyone, just for a moment. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus today, would you hold up your hand for a second? Just anyone in this room today, amen, 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 amen. For the rest of us here today, if you are wanting to be more fruitful, would you raise your hand? Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, as your hands are raised, it's not going to come by your effort. It's going to come by leaning into the source, leaning into the vine. Amen. What we're going to do this week is we lean into the vine. We've been having an interactive every week, and this series is a 50-day journey. So next Sunday is the 50th day. So between now and Sunday, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to read the rest of John. So John 15 to 21, one chapter a day. So you'll read what we read today. You'll read again today and then read through 21 um, by next Saturday. And that'll be the ending of our, of our scriptures that we've been reading during this series. But another thing I want you to do, I want you to go tonight and buy some grape juice. All right? And I want you tonight go and buy some crackers. Maybe just oyster crackers or some bread, you know. And for the next seven days, I want you to have communion. Amen? Just by yourself. And remind yourself who your source is, that it's the vine. He is the vine. And take that, 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 that grape and let it remind you of the fruit of that vine, that, that grape, that juice. Amen? And just take communion every day. You know, my mom and dad have taken communion every day for about 15 years, just together. It's kind of a neat expression that they do and part of their devotional life. And I'm not saying that you have to create something like that forever, but over the next few days, between now and next Saturday, I want you to do that with your family or by yourself if you're single or, or however it is. Just, just take communion every day. And then next Sunday, as we close the series, at the end of worship, we're going to close the series by having communion together as a church. Amen? 
and then that'll be the end of this series, and we'll start a new series next week, all right? But, but, um, but yeah, so just today, go get those things and just draw in. If you forget during the course of the week, what am I reading at? You know, what is my, what's my, my next thing to do? You know, you can look at www.mymomentumchurch.tv, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Amen? I love you guys. Can you got some praise today? Amen? Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, 